Hi there, and thank you for tuning in to the following message provided by Renew Church. We pray that this message will be a blessing and encouragement for you. For more information about our church, please visit www.renew.miami. Well, good morning again. How's everybody doing today? Oh, man, we are getting ready to bust a move, and uh, I hope that you guys are excited about that. Some of y'all are, like, concerned. Y'all are, like, nervous. You're like, what is, what is he even talking about? Well, if you were around in the 80s, you might have heard this when referred to, um, you know, a, a person sitting on the side saying, you know what, let me, let me, let's get this party started. I'm going to bust a move. Or, or maybe there was a group of people dancing and, and uh, you wanted everybody to back up so you could show them this new move that you just learned, right? Like you just watched it on, on television and you wanted everybody to see that you could do it. Or, or you're on the street and you throw down some cardboard and, you know, you begin to, you know, spin on your head or contort your body in crazy ways and flip all over the street. Like, what, I don't know what the cardboard actually did. I've tried that before, and it, it doesn't comfort you at all or pad anything. I guess it's like to get all the, the motor oil off your fancy clothes. But um, that, this is Bust a Move. This is the Bust a Move series. And um, I know somebody um, that wants to help you get into the spirit, that wants to get you excited about Busting Move, because he really knows how. Like, he was a child of the 80s. He was a guy that knew how to rock it there. Like, everybody backed up when it was his turn to bust a move. Do you guys want to see this? No. I mean, like, seriously, you have to be excited for this, my friend. If if he's going to come out and he's going to bust a move, you got to tell me, do you want to see this? All right. Give it up for my friend, Pastor Ricardo. Ricardo, another round of applause. I'm looking for his wife. His wife knew he was doing that, so his wife literally hid. She didn't come to church or something like that. I know she's here. I saw her earlier. Man, Pastor Ricardo, you didn't bust a move. You almost busted a hip, bro. That was amazing. (laughs) I'm just playing. That was really, really good. So that's bust a move. We're in the series. We're doing this thing. It's where you say, I don't care. What anybody says, I'm going to bust a move. I'm going to do this thing. And we're not just talking about busting a move dancing. We're not just talking about like getting up on the dance floor to make a fool of yourself. We're, we're talking about like what I think the call of God on the church is today, which is uh, a move of God. Amen? So that's where we're going, but in, it's in a, in a funner way, in a fun style. And I'm, I'm so excited that you guys are with us for this. Have you ever heard of uh, life referred to as a dance? Have you, anybody ever heard that? Like life is a dance? Like we're kind of like working in it and moving in it? Well, if life is a dance, as Christians, oftentimes we're playing it way too safe. Like our dance is like literally, um, for, for many Christians or people that would call themselves followers of Christ, um, it's like this, I don't want to really bust a move. It's more like the play it safe two-step, right? So, so I've got my friends here, musicians, that are going to kind of help me for just a minute. And so instead of like really like doing what we just saw Pastor Ricardo do, we just said, you know what, um, I, just so nobody's watching me or thinking that I'm not in the dance, I can't even do it on right. Man. Right? But the problem with this is there's so much more to dancing than this. Isn't there? Like there's so much more to life than this. There's, there's what Pastor Ricardo does, and, and let's give our musicians a round of applause. Like I can't, you probably already know this, but I can't preach and dance at the same time. I can't sing and dance at the same time. I am pretty uh, like not very, um, what's the word for that? Like coordinated, I guess. Um, 
But that's what we do sometimes as Christians, right? We don't know how to dance. We don't know how to really like, like just get out and do this thing. We, we like to play it safe two-step because we know that nobody's going to say anything. At least they're not like, oh, you're not in the dance? No, I'm dancing. I'm right here. I'm doing my thing. I, I, I know how to you know, do the two-step. But in, real, in reality, God is calling you. He's calling me. He's calling us to, to bust a move in our life and in our, our jobs and with our kids and in our ministry. You know, my hope for you in 2022 and through this series is that you will bust a move, that you will find a way to, to step out of what you're comfortable in and say, you know what, I don't care what anybody thinks. I don't care what anybody says. I'm, I'm willing to do what this is. I'm willing to bust a move and, and, and do what God is calling me to. So I've titled this sermon, if you, you have the worship guide and you're taking notes, there's notes on the back side of it, and it'll help you to remember what it is that I preached about if you at least make some notes on that. Um, and if you're following along, I've titled this sermon, Dancing on the Ceiling. Dancing on the Ceiling. Anybody remember that song from 1985? Anybody know? Who was the artist? Who was the artist of it? Lionel Richie, you remember it, yeah, so I think we have a picture of that, that uh, one of the music video, a clip from it, not, not a clip, just a picture, but there he is, man, he's dancing on the ceiling, oh, what a feeling when you're dancing on the ceiling, you remember that, right? Well, I want to take you to a text that might kind of relate to Lionel Richie, who was dancing on, a, on the ceiling, it's Mark chapter 2, starting at verse 1, a few days later, when Jesus entered again into Capernaum, the people heard that he had come home. They gathered in such large numbers that there was no room left, not even outside the door. And he preached the word to them. Jesus, the word, preaches the word. And he preached the word to them, and some men came, bringing to him a paralyzed man, carried by four of them. Since they could not get him to Jesus because of the crowd, they made an opening in the roof above Jesus by digging through it, and then lowered the mat that the man was lying on. When Jesus saw their faith, this is important, when Jesus saw their faith, he said to the paralyzed man, son, your sins are forgiven. How crazy is that? When, when God sees someone else's faith, it somehow, and I don't even know how theologically that lines up, but God saw their faith and it changed the life of another man. He said, son, your sins are forgiven. I want to pause there for another moment and just talk about this, the fact that Jesus saw the physical need, it was obvious. Everybody saw the physical need, it was obvious. This man was paralyzed. He could not move. He couldn't do anything on his own. And so Jesus saw it like everybody else did. But you know what else Jesus saw? Jesus saw beyond the physical need. He saw the spiritual need. And that's what everything the man needed. Jesus looked to the man. He saw the physical. But beyond the physical, he saw the spiritual, which was the ultimate need that this man had. And that's why he said, son, your sins are forgiven. Verse 6. Now, some teachers of the law were sitting there. And they were thinking to themselves... Why does this fellow talk like that? He's blaspheming. Who can forgive sins but God alone? Immediately, Jesus knew in his spirit what they were thinking in their hearts. And he said to them, why are you thinking these things? Which is easier, to say to this paralyzed man, your sins are forgiven, or to say, get up, take your mat, and walk? So let me, let me ask that question. Let me, let, me, let me stop there and ask that. Which is easier? Which is easier to say? Uh, or, or maybe let me put it this way, which is safer to say. In, in the natural, it would be safer to say your sins are forgiven. It would be safer for me as, as a pastor to say, Carlos, your sins are forgiven. Because nobody could tell if his sins were actually forgiven or if sins were wiped away. I wouldn't say that because only God can forgive. But everybody that was looking, especially the teachers of the law, they were like, who does he think he is saying that? But nobody would have known if he actually forgave sins. Nobody would actually know because you can't see the sins being literally wiped away. So in the natural, your sins are forgiven is safer because who's going to know if it's real? But in the spiritual, it's so much easier for Jesus to say, get up and walk. Because the only one that could do a miracle, a natural healing, a physical healing would be, uh, I mean, the only one that could do it, that could forgive sins would be God alone. No one can forgive but God alone. So saying, get up and walk, was much easier for Jesus. So to prove that he had the power to forgive sins, Jesus says this, he says, well, let's, let's read ahead, verse 10. But I want you to know 
that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins. So he said to the man, I tell you, get up, take your mat, and go home. And he got up, he took his mat, and he walked out in full view of them all. This amazed everyone, and they praised God, saying, we have never seen anything like this. This is God's word, and we're thankful for it today. What an amazing story of Jesus busting a move in, in the lives of, uh, uh, of a paralyzed man, but also in the lives of everybody that we're watching. Forgiving sins and making the lame walk. Like, if you're, if you're taking notes, I just, again, want to emphasize the fact that Jesus preaches the word to these people, and it's important to notice that the word doesn't just, uh, you know, exhort, just doesn't just talk. It's not just, just verbal. The word heals and it forgives. When you preach the word, the word heals and forgives. That's what is happening here and now. And we're praying that God would allow his word to do a healing work in you and do a forgiving work in you, a transformational work in your lives. And that's what Jesus did even there. He set the example for us. And then the paralyzed guy. So Jesus busts a move, but then the paralyzed guy, he busts a move. He got up. He took his mat and he went home on his own two feet. That's amazing, isn't it? That's crazy. How many of you know he didn't use that mat for transportation anymore? How many of you know that mat was no longer something that he lied on to get around? It instead became a memorial of what God did. And I bet you he told everyone that he could of what Jesus did for him. That mat that he carried all of his paralyzed life, I bet the rest of his walking life, he carried it. He carried it as a memorial, as a, a reminder, and as a message to everybody that he came in contact with. Hey, let me tell you about the true God and his son Jesus who touched me and changed me. And forever I was forgiven, healed, and set free. So Jesus busted a move. It, Jesus does that. That's, that's the Jesus that we know. He heals the lame. He makes the blind see. He, he feeds 5,000. He does all of these amazing things. He, he rises from the dead. This is Jesus busting moves, and we, we know Jesus to do that. Uh, here's the, the man. He's busting a move. He's, he's no longer lying down, and forever, he's forever changed. But you know who else busted a move? His four friends. His four friends busted a move. They did not play it safe. These guys, they saw the obstacle in front of them, and, and the fact that they had a paralyzed friend and all he had was a mat, it, I mean, like, literally, it was going to be dead weight carrying this guy from where they were, wherever they lived, to bringing him to Jesus' house. And they didn't have a gurney or a wheelchair, they didn't have a car or anything else to get them to Jesus, so they carried him all the way there, and they see this crowd gathered around the house, there's no room, Jesus is inside the house preaching, and there was so much, so much of a crowd, there was not even, the Bible says, not even room outside the door. So I'm just imagining like the overflow into the yard. There was no room left. There was no way you were going to get this guy through the front door. And, and, and people then are the same as people are now, you know. It didn't matter if you had a paralyzed guy that needed to get to Jesus, you know. I got here first, sorry. I mean, I don't know what to tell you. We got needs too, so we can't do that. Like, we can't get there. I, that's, that's, people, people are, are still the same people. We were trying to um, cross through the COVID testing line to get, uh, uh, go to the gas station this last week. And it's right there in front of, uh, you know, where you go. And that's a one mile drive of COVID testing, which takes like five hours to get a test. And I'm like, I'm not waiting five hours to go to the gas station. I just need to cut in front. So I'm like telling people, Hey, I just need to pass through. And, and you would think that you know, they're thinking in their mind, this guy's going to try to, you know, he's going to try to cut in front of me and then we're going to have to fight, you know. That's how they felt then. This is how they feel even now. So these guys are like, okay, fine. We're not getting him in the conventional way. We're not getting him in through the door. He's not going through the door. So you know what they do? They find a ladder. They lean it up against the house. Some other way. They figure out. They tear open the roof and they begin to lower the guy through the roof. Are you seeing that? Can you see it? Can you imagine with me what is happening? Can you imagine what it must have been like for everybody in the room? Can you imagine what it would have been like for those friends? What about the one that was like the, the, the slow adopter, the last guy that's like, man, are you sure? Are you sure this is going to work? Like, what if like, we get arrested for this? What if something happens? Like, 
But this guy, he had true friends, and they knew that bringing him to Jesus could change his world, and nothing was going to stand in their way. Not paralysis, not a crowd, not a doorway, not even a roof was going to stop them from busting a move, from getting them to Jesus. These men, they danced on the ceiling. You see, these men, their faith were, was uh, beyond what most people would do. I mean, most, of, most people would just kind of stand on the side or be playing it safe in the two-step. They would just kind of just be uh, onlookers, spectators, wanting to know what's going to happen next. But these men, these friends, whoever they were, they said, we're going to bring our friend to Jesus. You know what their faith was. Their faith was, if you're taking notes, their, their faith was confident. Their faith was confident. Beyond, beyond just saying, you know what, I, I, I kind of think maybe it would be a good idea for Jesus to, to be um, you know, near my friend. It, they were so confident that if they could just get him in the presence of Jesus, it would change everything. How confident is your faith? They're Faith was compassionate. It could have been easier to say, you know what, stay home and I'll, I'll come back and I'll tell you what he said. Maybe it'll help you. Um, or they get there and they say, you know what, it's, there's, there's no room, we can't do it, sorry. We, we're not going to be able to get you to Jesus. But the compassion they had for their friend, the person they, they were trying to get to Jesus was so much so that they had to get him to Jesus. Their, their faith was creative. Their faith was creative. Who tears open a roof? Who opens the ceiling and drops their friend down through the, the wall except for somebody that's creative enough to say, you know what, nothing's stopping us, not even a roof. How creative is your faith? Seriously, how creative is your faith? Like, how serious are you about your faith? Like, we do some kind of creative stuff here. We put, like, mixtapes on the stage and, you know, uh, subwoofers and Rubik's Cubes and stuff like that. Um, we, we hold launch parties. We did our launch party for Renew Church Redland Campus yesterday. Over 130 or 40 people. It must have been more than that because we had 375, 350 tacos. I'm trying to do math on that. 350 tacos, two persons per taco. So it's more than 100, 150, something like that people yesterday for our, our uh, kind of our, an interest party for Renew Church in the Redlands. You guys could clap for that. You guys could get excited about that. Renew Church is growing. Renew Church is multiplying. I'm so excited. Pastor Deke, if he was in here, he'd be like jumping up and down. He's probably outside on his phone. No, I'm just kidding. I think he's getting ready for the next uh, thing we're doing. But our faith has to be creative. Our faith has to be compassionate. Our faith has to be confident. And our faith will be then, and their faith was, and our faith needs to be contagious. Like when people get around you, do they see this kind of faith and be like, Oh, yeah, I, know, I knew you were a Christian. I kind of knew. I, I saw you two-step into it. Like, you're kind of into it. You go to church when there's not, like, nine other things that are more important that you could prioritize over that. Or, um, you know, I saw you, you, you know, had a, a Christian tattoo on your wrist, so, so you must be a Christian because of that. Like, or do people, like, literally see it? Do they know it? Do they hear it? Do they feel it? Does it, like, does it come all the way around you that it's almost, like, COVID contagious? You know, they, they mask up when they get around you because they're like, whoa, um, this guy's going to be trying to talk about Jesus again, so let me mask up. It's contagious. That's what their faith was. It says there in verse 12, this amazed everyone, and they praised God, saying, we have never seen anything like this. Man, I hope that's for you. I hope that your faith is that contagious. I hope that your faith is that confident, compassionate, and creative. What's my point? My point is, is that we need to bust a move for the paralyzed people in our life. We need to bust a move for those people that are, are literally living in such a way like there's no hope. I mean, COVID has literally shut people down. I've got family members that do not leave their house. I mean, they go to the store and that's it. And they, they've canceled Christmas and Thanksgiving and everything. Like, it's, it is what it is. But, like, we've got to help people. And I'm not just saying to get them to, to come in gatherings, but I'm saying we've got to help people realize that life is not over. We're moving forward. 
No matter what happens, no matter the, 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 the cost, no matter the cause, we're going to keep moving. Amen. We need to bust a move for the paralyzed people in their life. It might change their life. Better yet, might lead to their sins being forgiven. It might lead to them, not only Jesus seeing uh, them and your faith, and when they look at your faith, Jesus says, wow, their sins are forgiven. I don't know, again, theologically how that works, but wouldn't it be amazing if your faith forgives somebody else's sins? Jesus does that. Jesus can do that. He did it here. When I think of bust and move, I think of the people that say, I don't care. More like, I don't care. I don't care what's happening. I don't care who's looking at me. I'm going to bust a move. I'm trying out for that team. I'm pursuing my dream. I'm building that business. I'm living the life that God has called me to. I'm going all in for Renew Church and with Renew Church. I'm, I'm doing the things that God has called me to. And you can literally look at your life. And, and, and take a, just take a quick like inventory of who you are and what you do. And, and you can figure out, like, how am I? Am I playing it safe? Or am I busting a move? Which one is it for you? We like to play it safe. We like to do the play it safe two-step because we're still dancing. We still fit in. Everybody's having a good time, and we don't stand out because we're not the guy just on the, the, the side just looking like this. Because that guy looks weird, too. The guy that's going crazy sometimes looks a little off, but this guy right here looks crazy, too. So we just kind of like to do this, this little play it safe two-step. But, two but what we need to do is we need to bust a move. So here's where, where I'm going with this, and this is how I'll wrap up. We've talked a little bit about the paralyzed guy and how he busted a move. We talked about their friends and how they busted a move and how their faith saved him. We talked about uh, the teachers of the law and they learned who Jesus was. Like they came as students, but they came to learn of Jesus and Jesus taught them the, the, the truth, who Jesus was. We learned of obviously Jesus busting a move, the crowd, but there's one other person. There's one other person in this story that I want to kind of remind you of. This one was, was one that um, you might not have thought of and, and wasn't specifically highlighted in the story so much. And this is the homeowner. Think about the homeowner for just a moment. Think about who the homeowner was. Think about his house being destroyed before him. Like there's a crowd of people. Jesus is in the living room and it's like, what am I going to do now? Like you got to stop. You got to come down from there and you've got to stop like destroying my house over this thing. After Jesus does what he does, miraculously healing the sky and forgiving his sins, like what happens to the homeowner? He's forever changed. His life is never going to be the same. Like he will look at that roof differently and he'll look at God differently. He'll look at faith differently. It'll be a, a, a moment in his life where everything changed. So every time he steps into his house, he has this, this thought of, God, tear open the roof for me today. Every time he had a friend over, he'd say, hey, look up there. You see that? You see that little patch right there where that was, that was uh, you know, the newer shingles are? That, that's because Jesus came and uh, a guy came through the ceiling and he was paralyzed and Jesus forgave him of his sins and then he healed him. And, and when Jesus did that, like it, it not only changed that guy, but it changed me. I'm different because of that. Like, these crazy guys that brought their friend to Jesus, dropped him through the hole, and Jesus healed him, like, did some, some stuff that forever changed history for some people. And I want that to be the same story for each and every single one of us. I want God to do something like that in each and every single one of our lives. I found it interesting. There's a parallel uh, story of this, the same healing so this was taken from Mark, and Mark's uh, account was based on, scholars think that it was Peter telling Mark the story. Matthew's account, uh, it's Matthew's personal account, so Matthew saw it firsthand. Matthew doesn't mention the roof whatsoever. Matthew doesn't even, like, say anything about it. He just says, Jesus, some friends brought Jesus, uh, brought, brought their, their friend to Jesus, and Jesus healed him. But in Peter's account, 
through Mark, it's different, including a hole in the roof. You know why that was? It was because some scholars think that it was because that was Peter's family. Some scholars think that that was because that was like either Peter's mother-in-law or some relative, and, and it was like this had a huge impact. And, and let me say this. When God does something directly to you, it changes you. You know what I mean? Like when you're right there in the middle of it, you're not just like on the side or somebody told you about it. It changes you. What's God want to do in you? What's the hole that God needs to put in your roof? Sometimes he needs to upset some stuff. Sometimes he needs to demolish some things. Sometimes he needs to to break some things down to do something new. The old has to be gone for the new to come, right? We talk about that all the time. 2 Corinthians 5, it's on our wristbands. If anyone's in Christ, he's a new creation. The old is gone, the new has come. It, It can't be... If anyone's in Christ, he's a new creation. The old is still here and the new is just kind of like layered around it. No. You don't just like put some kind of thing over the top. It's the old is gone. Behold, the new is here. The new has come. Amen. God may be wanting to do something. Maybe you maybe you have a hole in your house. Maybe you have a hole in your home. And I'm speaking figuratively at this point. It's, there's, there's a marriage that's got a hole in it or a, a wayward child or maybe it's you but there's a hole in your house God wants to do something in you and it's going to be a memorial everybody's going to know like when, when, when you say yes I'm, gonna, I'm letting God do something in my house I'm letting God bust a move it's, it's, things are going to be forever different forever changed what if uh, what if we did this in in the areas of our house or health it's 2022 I don't preach about it all the time but let's get healthy in 2022 you know this is not a spiritual thing but it's a physical thing and your physical health affects your spiritual health oftentimes like if, if you're too sick all the time, like half of the time, you can't come to church because you're physically not healthy. Maybe there's some things you could change about your diet or exercise so you could be in church, so you could serve God more, so you're not so tired all the time. What are some things you need to do in 2022 physically? What are some things you need to do financially in 2022? Again, I don't talk about it all the time, but like maybe there's some areas of your life you need to stop letting money go down the drain. Like change, change some patterns move some things around so that you can honor God in that area of your life. Maybe God needs to do just, maybe there needs to be a breakthrough in your bank account. Maybe it's something with your, uh, your family. Maybe it's your faith. Maybe it's your faith. Maybe you've been playing it safe for far too long. You've just been doing this, this thing where I know Jesus and I go to church and um, I'm saved. I got baptized when I was a kid. I'm good. I got all of that stuff. Like, it's almost like fire insurance. You heard the old preachers used to call that fire insurance. Like, I just want to make sure I don't, if I die, I don't go to hell. There's so much more to life than that. Yeah, I don't want you to go to hell either. But there's so much more to life than that. Like, eternal life is great. Eternal life is great, but abundant life here is even better. Like, the, the abundant life that God offers here, like, you don't have to live just saying, well, I'm just going to keep playing it safe. I'm just going to keep doing my thing. What does God want to do in you in 2022? It's your choice. It's your decision. I'm going to either play it safe with the play it safe two-step, standing on the sides, or I'm going to bust a move. I don't care what anybody says. I'm going to break down, and I'm going to, uh, I'm going to let God be seen through me. It's not so that, and this is a point in this, it's not just so you can be seen and people be like, wow, look at him. He's great. No, it's look at what God did in him. That man, he's carrying his mat and he's like, look what God did through me. The miracle wasn't me. It was God through me. Look at the, the, the healing and look at my sins forgiven. And I used to be on this mat. Now I'm not. This mat used to carry me. Now I carry this mat. 
God, what are you going to do in each and every single one of us? The first step is always that just surrendering to Jesus. My friend was in the first service. She, she's a marathon runner. We've ran some, some long-distance runs together. And uh, I, I've done a 26-mile run, uh, not very many times, a few times. But uh, you don't think about the 26th mile on the first mile or the second mile or even the 10th mile. You're just thinking about the next, like, steps. You're thinking about, like, I think I'm going to quit. But then you talk yourself out of it. You say, I just got to go, like, one more mile. If I can get to mile 11, then maybe I'll get to mile 12. But I'm just, I'm, my goal is mile 11. Then I go to mile 12 and mile 13. And it, maybe it's not even that far ahead. Maybe you don't even think that far ahead. Maybe it's just a minute. Because I've done that. In a race one time, I was about to die. I wanted to quit at like mile 16. I hit the wall that they call it. And so um, I said, you know what? I'm just going to use this watch. And every minute I'm going to jog. And on the rotating, alternating minutes, I'm going to walk. Walk, jog, walk, jog, walk, jog every minute. And, and I got to the end. I finished. I finished the race. Maybe God's calling you to just say, okay, I, I need to do this. But you're thinking way down the road of everything you got to fix. And you're thinking about the finish line. And I'm saying, you just, just take the next step. Take the first step. The first step is surrendered. The first step is Jesus I give you everything I have. You're my Lord and you're my Savior. I ask you to come into my life. I ask you to be mine. We're going to sing a song together. I'm going to ask you guys to stand. Worship team's going to come back up. We're going to sing a song, and then I'll give an invitation and an opportunity for you to respond. Just as the song plays, as we sing, allow God to work in your heart. Allow God to do what he wants to do in and through you in this new year. Let's bust a move. Heavenly Father, we just come before you. We give you all that we have, everything that we are. We just pray, oh God, that you would help us. Help us in, in uh, the, the new year, 2022. God, not to stay the same, not to be who we were doing what we've done, but God, forever transformed, forever changed because of you and us. Thank you, oh God. Help us, I pray. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's sing together.
turn it for good. You turn it for good. You take what the enemy meant for evil, and you turn it for good. You turn it for good. You take what the enemy meant for evil, and you turn it. Worship him right now in your circumstance. Come on. I'm gonna see your victory for the battle. Come on, let's give God praise. Let's give God praise. Give us, let's give him 10 seconds of praise. Come on, let's do one of them 10-second praise breaks. Come on. He's worthy, amen? He's worthy of our worship, amen? Praise be to God. God, we praise you. Come up here, Benny. Come up here, my brother. So this is my brother, Benny, his uh, beautiful wife, Jeanette, and, and their son, Sebastian. Uh, he's singing this song. He's leading this song. It's not a coincidence. He's praying for a victory. I'm in some chats where I see what's going on in his life. His landlord is selling the house, and he's trying to find a house. And, and it, they literally are running out of time. They're running out of days, and they're trying to wait on some application approvals and all the background checks and trying to get a new house. But you're believing, amen? Yes, sir. Believe in God, amen? I don't know about you, but that's a testimony to me. When my brother can stand up here and sing that song and believe it and, and not stay home, not give up, not say, well, I'm going to have to be out of my house in a couple of days and we still, God still hasn't come through. No, he's saying, I'm going to see a victory. Amen? <laughs> believe it. I want you to pray for my brother. I want you to pray over him. I want you to pray that God will make a way, that God will open a door. Let's agree together right here and now. God, we just pray, God, that you would make a way, that you would provide. We trust you. We give it to you. Give them the right place, the right price. God, may it be a blessing. We're going to see a victory. It's in Jesus' name we pray. And all of God's people said, amen. amen. Thank you, brother. 
Maybe there's others. Maybe there's others, and I'm not going to bring you to the front. I'm not going to call you out here, but maybe God wants to do something in you. Maybe you're, it's time to bust a move. Maybe there's a breakthrough that you need. Why are you staying still? Why are you standing by yourself or doing the play it safe two-step? Come on, man. Let's believe God for what he wants to do. I mean, I tell you, man, planting a church, planting a church alone is crazy. Planting a church in COVID is even crazier, but we're not stopping. We're not going to, we're not going to wait on COVID. Amen? Amen. I need you to have that kind of faith. I need you to be creative, contagious, confident. I need you to be so like, so, so have such strong faith that people, when they look at you, say they, something is different about you. If you would say, Pastor, pray for me. I need to bust a move in my life. I want God to do a work in me here and now. If that's you, would you just lift your hand right where you're at? I want to be able to see your hands. Let me see it. There you go. I see your hands. Praise God. Let's bow your heads. Close your eyes with me. Let's just pray together. God, you know what the needs are. You know the situations and the circumstances. You know every home, every family, finances, relationship, whatever the thing is, health, God, where we need you to do a work in us. We need a move of God in our lives. God, I thank you for the four friends that brought their friend to Jesus. God, help us to be those kind of friends to those that are around us that need it. And God, help us to believe you for what you're going to do. Help us to stop playing it safe in 2022, God. We're looking, looking ahead to the great things that you're going to do in us and through us. With your heads bowed and your eyes closed, every head bowed and every eyes closed, the first step, as I said, when you're running a marathon, the first step is, it, the way to run a marathon is by taking that very first step. And the first step in your faith, your, your, your marathon of faith is surrender to Jesus, asking him to forgive you of your sins and come into your life. And we're praying now, and there are people in the room that are praying right now for your decision. So if you're feeling the tug of the Holy Spirit, if you feel God speaking to you now, it's not a coincidence. It's because people are praying for you. People are praying that you would be obedient and receptive and willing to say yes to God. I'm not going to bring you to the front or anything else, but I just want to, I want to pray for you and acknowledge it. And we'll have a, 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 a small gift that we want to give to you. If today is the day that you're making to follow Jesus and surrender your life to Jesus, if that's you today, that's the first step. If that's you today, would you just lift your hand right where you're at and say, Pastor, that's me. I'm making a decision. I see your hand over here. Let's give this person a round of applause. Is there anybody else? Is there anybody else? Right here. Praise God. Anybody else? Praise be to God. Praise be to God. We're so excited. Pray with me, and then I'm going to hand it over to Mikey. And this is a prayer as we, we close out, but it's also a prayer of salvation for a new beginning for, for some people in the room. Heavenly Father, we... We come before you saying thank you for what you're doing. We thank you that you're going to bust a move in lives today. Starting with even the person today that's saying, I want Jesus to be Lord in my life. It's a prayer that goes like this. Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you for sending your son Jesus to die for me. I know that I've sinned, I've made mistakes, and today I turn from my sin to follow you. Forgive me of my sin. Come into my life. Make me brand new. Today I declare you as my Lord and my Savior. Thank you for dying on the cross for me. Because you died for me, I choose to live for you. It's in Jesus' name we pray. And all of God's people said, amen. amen. Man, let's give God praise for what he's doing. <laughs> Pastor Mikey's going to make his way up. I want to, you guys can be seated. I just want to say one other quick thing. Right after this service, if you're newer to Renew Church, first time, or maybe you've only been coming here for a few weeks or a month or so, if you're newer to Renew Church, we've got a guest barbecue. We changed it to indoors um, in our connections room because of the weather and the wind and stuff like that. So it's indoors. We're ready for you. Even if you never said yes to coming, we're ready for you. We have food. We've got pork and chicken, and, and it's all free. And we just want to get to know you and hang out for a little bit. Um, if you can join us for that right after this service. Come on up, Mike. Good morning. How are you guys doing? Glad you went to church this morning. Amen. Amen. Awesome, man. What a great message, man. Let's bust a move this year. Let's, let's do some things. Let's shake some things up, man. I want to share just a few announcements with you guys. One of, that, one of those ways that you can bust a move this year, man, is baptism. We're having baptism on January the 30th. And, and if you've been recently deciding to follow Jesus and you're, and you're kind of learning about this thing and, and, and you're getting into it, man, this is that next step. 
all that baptism is, it's a public display of a decision that you've already made in your heart. It's letting the world know, hey, I am dying to myself and I'm raising to new life in Jesus. So if, man, if you're thinking, considering about getting baptized, man, I would encourage that you do. Check out our website, renew.miami forward slash baptism. There's a registration page there. It gives you more details about what baptism is. Or come find a pastor. Come talk to one of us and we'll hook you up and get you ready for that. And that's going to be on the 30th, which is also Renew Church's third birthday. Man. (laughs) Renew Church is going to be three years old. That is insane. Look at all that God has done in three years, man. That is, you can give another praise just for that, bro. We were... We were in an elementary school. We got kicked out because of COVID, and God gave us this, man. Amazing. I'm looking forward to the next three years, man, and the next 50 years. Whatever God's going to do through Renew Church, it's going to be awesome, man. Also, I just want to let you guys know that small groups are launching the week of January the 16th. It's coming up. Is anyone here a fan of small groups? Does anyone here hate small groups? All right, good, cool. All right, so week of January 16th, man, join a small group. We've got information on the uh, Next Steps tent that's outside. It's the only tent that we got. There's a flyer there. Man, we got small groups literally throughout the entire week, different times, different topics, different things. There's a small group for you. There is. So I encourage you, check that out. Call a leader. Um, man, join into a small group. Bust a move. Maybe that's one of the ways that God wants you to bust a move this year is to get into a small group. Um, man, I'm going to bring up a good friend of mine, Miss Sandy Abbott. She has a testimony to share with us. Give it up for her. I am a child of the 80s. <laughs> and this message was like a mixtape for me of a testimony that I'm going to share. So... I busted a move in November, and I did see a victory. I took one step at a time, not thinking about the marathon, and I want to share what God did so far. I'm I'm just so thankful. So back in November, Pastor Trevor was teaching on tithing. And I got to say thank you for being faithful to do something that I know it's hard to preach on. So he preached on tithing, and God was calling me to do something because I had been doing a two-step in my finances. I had busted tons of moves and I knew God was working in my life, but you know what? He never stops working because we do have a marathon and he lets us take one step at a time till we get to the end. We don't have to see the whole thing at once. So I uh, took this leap of faith to tithe when I thought, you know, when I look at it on paper, it made no sense that I could do this, but I trusted God. I took a leap of faith in November, and I started tithing. And then in December, out of the blue, I get a call from a LinkedIn recruiter. And I had tried to get a job three years back and couldn't even get an interview. And here, out of the blue, this LinkedIn recruiter calls me with a legit offer, not a sales, you know, commission thing, but an actual offer. And I thought, you know what? I like what I'm doing. I'm a freelance marketer. I work from home. I have my own hours. I wasn't looking for a job, but that could have been an open door that God had for me, right? So I prayed on it and I decided to just take you know, the next step with that, see what God was leading me to, because sometimes he has doors that we don't even realize, you know, and sometimes we have to pray about an opportunity that comes up and see if it's a Kairos moment, mixtape from last week, (laughs) Uh, if it's something God has for you. So prayed on it. I decided to go to the first interview. The day of my interview, I didn't realize it, but my life was changing in 2022, and I was going to need to have a full-time job with benefits, something that I can get qualified for a house and and all of that, because I was going to have to move with my kids to my own place. And um, I didn't see that God was already going before me and answering prayers I hadn't prayed so that I could have what I needed for 2022. So I went through the first interview, the second interview, the third interview, and I got the job. It's exactly what I need for this season, and I didn't even realize it. So I encourage you, whatever move God is calling you to do, take the next step. Don't think it out, you know, 26 miles. Take the next step of faith and see what God has. Could I have gotten this job opportunity if I wasn't tithing? I don't know. 
because our obedience opens doors for us. And tithing is just another part of our service to God, of our worship of God, of our spiritual discipline, like worship, like prayer, like, you know, it's serving, all of that is part of it. So I encourage you, bust a move. I busted a move, and I can't wait to see what God is going to do in 2022. And so based on my testimony, it's appropriate for me to um, pray over the tithes and offerings. So there's three ways you can give to renew. You can do it 80 style with the paper in front of you. You could uh, be a little cooler like me and do it online um, by just going to renew.miami slash giving and, and uh, do it on the online portal. Or you could be more like the millennials and just text give to 786 565-1165. If you're a millennial wannabe, that's fine too. Uh, all of those work. So let's pray for the, um, the tithes and offering. Thank you, Lord God, that you answer prayers sometimes we don't even ask. Thank you that you're so faithful to help us to get to the next and the next and the next step with you. Father God, I pray that you take our tithes and offerings, the seeds that we're sowing into the kingdom, Lord God, and you just multiply it a hundredfold because you are able Father God, take our faith and grow it this year, just as you're growing this offering that we're making. Answer the prayers of your people today, Lord God, and be our provision in every way. In your name we pray. Amen. You're dismissed.